everybody welcome back to faith over fear i have to apologize i know it's been a few weeks since i've recorded an episode um we had some stuff going on and with our family um all good stuff we were on vacation had some family staying with us so things got shaken up a little bit and it got hard for me to be able to come in and, and record so that being said i know i've missed a lot in the last couple weeks i know a lot of things have happened in the last couple weeks so I just kind of want to highlight on a couple on two things really. Um, one, obviously, the the main thing of today is the Pride Month. I know June being Pride Month, everybody's going nuts. So I kind of want to give my take on that, give some scripture. Um, I also want to go into Roe v. Wade just a little bit, as most of you by now listening to this have heard what the Supreme Court decided. So before I get on all that, I did miss Father's Day. So to any dads out there listening, I know it was last week. I want to wish you guys a happy Father's Day. Um, I'm a dad myself. I had a great Father's Day. I got to snuggle with my eight-month-old daughter on the couch and take a nap watching the U.S. Open. So um, I can't think of a better better way to spend Father's Day than that. So again, all the dads out there, happy Father's Day. So just diving in to where we're at. So it's right now I'm recording this episode. It's Sunday, June 26th. So we're, we're getting towards the end of Pride Month, and I have seen a lot of garbage getting posted out there on Pride Month, and I just kind of want to give you some of the things I've seen, how think what we should do as Christians and believers to combat it, and um, I'm going to kind of go into that, and I know we've talked about it before, but before I go too far into that, I know a couple, uh, it's probably been a month, month and a half when I did my Roe v. Wade episode when the Supreme Court's decision got leaked, but I do want to touch on that because um, I'm not going to lie to you, I, I'm, I'm astonished at the things that I've seen from people that... Um, say they believe in God. So I, I've just been blown away by the craziness I've seen online. So <clears throat> starting with it. So Roe v. Wade, the Supreme Court has come out 6-3 decision to overturn it and send it back to the states. So here's the main thing that I want everybody to kind of understand. This is a big victory for pro-life. This is a big victory for believers who believe that the shedding of innocent blood is wrong. However, it's not the end of the fight. And honestly, it's it's not I, my personal opinion. I don't think it's as big of a deal as people think it is. Sending it back to the states only says that now the states are going to handle their decision and their laws on abortion, which we live in the United States of America. That's how it should be. That shouldn't have been handled on a federal level anyway. So anybody out there who thinks that this is, you know, the end of the world and, you know, you're for abortion and it, you're just going nuts and da da da. Listen, that sent it back to the states. If you live in a state where, they're going to ban abortion and you don't agree with it, then move, get out, stop making the fight to ch kill children because it's a fight on women. I'll get to more of that in here in a minute, but I just want to highlight a couple things that I've seen and read and heard. And so, but in a nutshell, they sent it back to the States. So you got a lot of States that are probably going to ban it. You got some States that are probably going to ban it in most cases. Um, other than like maybe harm to the mother or rape, something like that. You're probably going to see a couple different takes throughout the states on what, what it's going to look like. So the main thing is I want the church. I think this is is the time for the church and for believers to stand up and start fighting for our children. Um, I wanted to use, I've used it a couple, about a month ago, Proverbs 6, chapter, se or chapter 6, verse 17. It's talking about the seven things that God hates. And number three on that list is hands that shed innocent blood. And I said this a couple weeks ago, and again, this is more about pride, uh, month, so I don't want to go too far into this. I would encourage you go back and listen to episode twenty-eight, Roe v. Wade. I go a lot further into 
um, my take on abortion and where we are at. I just want to encourage you guys that now's the time to join the fight. Find an organization that's pro-life. Get in the fight as believers and, and pray for um, our states to make the right call. But so in a nutshell, God hates it. OK, God hates the hands that shed the innocent blood. He, he hates it. It's one of the seven things in the in the Bible that he says he hates. And so I just want to highlight real quick, 0.39%, so not even half a percent of abortions come from rape slash incest, 0.69%, so less than three quarters of a percent are fetal birth defect, 1.14 is life of the mother. So 2.2% of the abortions are considered the quote unquote hard decisions. Okay. So that means, <clears throat> excuse me, 98%, roughly 98% of our abortions are done from leisure. Because someone didn't want to get pregnant or someone doesn't think they can do it, whatever. Whatever the the 98% of the reason or 98% of the abortions are because you just simply don't want a child. And so this is what fires me up. And again, it's it's the it's people that are supposed supposedly Christians that are saying things like this. So one thing I saw was I can't afford it. You know, I, well, I, I'm for abortion because what about the women who can't af- afford it? You know, what about the, the single mom who's already got two kids and she doesn't want to bring a third kid into a poverty, you know, home, sh- you know, struck with poverty? Um, one was not emotionally stable enough. One uh, like all. So to touch on it, let, let me just do them individually. So one I saw can't afford it. You did, they they said they they're pro whatever name because she's a single mom, two kids, don't want to bring a third kid into poverty. OK, well, let me let me. I'm just going to take that a step further. If you don't want to bring more children into a, a home of poverty and you already have kids or you don't have kids and you're just in poverty and you don't think you can afford them, then I'm going to go ahead. Stop having premarital sex. Stop having sex outside of marriage. Stop having sex with whoever you want to have sex with. If you don't want a child, then stop having sex. I'm tired of these people making the argument about um, you know, it's it's women's rights. No, you have the right. You had the right to get on birth control. You had the right to do all these other um, steps to make sure you didn't get pregnant. But beyond all that, stop having sex. You see, you know, a hundred years ago, we used to look at it as you should wait until you get married. And as believers, that's what we should. That's what we should strive for. But we've made it, um, you know, leisure to go out and have sex with whoever you want to, unprotected, protect, whatever it may be. So I would say that take it a step further. Just stop. Stop having sex with whoever you want to have sex with. That was supposed to be a holy covenant between a, a, a man and a woman. Between a marriage that was defined biblically. And then more, and then even in the Bible it says be fruitful and multiply. That's the point of sex. So the can't afford it, I, that's a ridiculous argument. That emotionally stable enough. If you're not emotionally stable enough to be a parent, then how are you emotionally stable enough to choose to have sex with an individual? That is an intimate time. How do you, how are you emotionally stable enough to do that? That's garbage. Get out of here. Another one I saw was getting out of an abusive relationship, and then you found out that you were pregnant with, and I, and this is what it said, that monster's child. Well, I'm, I'm sorry, that monster's child? That's your child as well. Are you kidding me? So you're telling me that you're okay with a woman killing the child because she married the individual who, yes, is a bad man, abused or whatever it may be, but she married that individual and now she's pregnant with them. And you're going to say that she should kill the baby because that dude's a monster? What is wrong with you? If you think that you're the monster, that's ridiculous. That is ridiculous. And listen, if you're not a believer, then obviously this isn't this doesn't mean anything to you. This is strictly for people who say they believe in God. If you tell me that you believe in God, then abortion is wrong. Period. There is no if, answer, buts. I understand that there is 
um, 1.8% or 1.08% that are fetal birth defect or rape. And I understand people are going to argue with that. I understand the other 1% is the life of a mother. I'm not going to touch on those. I'm not going to touch on those at all. My point being is, is majority of abortions are because people don't want to be a mom. And so I would tell you, stop having sex then. That is an outcome, okay? Even if you're on birth control, even if you use protection, even if you, you know, try to take precautions not to get pregnant, there's still a chance. When you play the game, that is an outcome of that game, okay? So instead of killing the baby, why don't we start preaching to people to stop having sex outside of a marriage? That's the root of that problem, okay? So I'm just, I'm just, it fires me up. I can't, I can't tell you how many countless Christians I've seen say that this is a war on women. Let me tell you something. Abortion is a war against the holy God that I will not partake in. That we as the church, we as believers cannot partake in. Okay. It says it right here. The shedding of innocent blood is one of the things that God hates. And I don't know anything more innocent than the life of a baby in the womb of a mother. Everybody wants to preach women's rights. And what about the woman? Well, what about the baby's rights? That baby did not ask to be there. That baby did not ask to be there. It was there because of the decisions of other individuals. So they shouldn't have to pay for the sins of the father or the mother. If we all had to pay for the sins of our fathers, none of us would be here. Because we're all sinners. Hopefully saved by grace if you're a believer in Jesus Christ. So... Again, I got fired up on that. I didn't mean to speak on that topic so long. Again, I kind of want to get into the Pride Month, and I know I'm, I'm going, I went a little long on that. So I want to encourage you guys, go back and listen to episode 28, Roe v. Wade. I, I dove into it really far on my belief on abortion and where we as the church to go up. The main thing I want the church to hear, if you're a believer right now, join the fight of pro-life. We cannot be pro-choice, and we cannot be pro-abortion any longer. We have to stand firm on the truth of God's word. So I want to encourage you as believers, join the fight and, and get out there. So going into Pride Month, probably going to get even more fired up just to warn everybody. So um, Pride Month. So there's a lot of things, obviously, that I disagree with. But so here's the thing. This is the, the number one thing I want to start with. And if anyone's out there listening and you say you don't know how to talk and have these conversations with people who don't agree with you or whatever it may be. This is the, the, the number one thing I want to tell you is handle it with grace and truth. Okay. I don't hate anybody. I will never treat anyone differently. I will never treat anyone differently, but I will call sin, sin, because that's what the Bible says. I try to live my life according to the word. I'm not perfect. I mess up all the time. Don't get me wrong. But homosexuality is wrong. It is a sin. It is a sin. Scripture says it. We're going to get into it here in a minute. Anything that falls under sexual immorality is a sin, and it will not inherit the kingdom of God. That's not just homosexuality. That's not just transgender. That's not just the LGBTQ+. That's people who struggle with pornography. That's people who have sex with whoever they want to have sex with, straight or homosexual, anyway. Adultery, I mean, all of that falls under sexual sin. And so we're, I want to get into this. And because people like the number one thing I hear is, is it really, it's not that bad. Homosexuality, it's not that bad. It's not that bad. And I hear from the church, there, there are church denominations that are splitting over this topic. And I, it, it blows my mind. Scripture is very clear, very clear on what sin is and where homosexuality falls. 
very clear, and I'm going to, we're going to get into it right now before we go any further on Pride Month. So 1 Corinthians chapter 6, starting in verse 9. It says, Or do you not know that wrongdoers will not inherit the kingdom of God? Wrongdoers will not inherit the kingdom of God. See, and here's the main thing. This is not just about homosexuality. This is wrongdoers. Okay? Now, the LGBTQ plus and pride will fall into this category. So, and it falls into it here. It goes on to say, do not be deceived. Do not be deceived. See, this is what the church needs to hear. Is that wrongdoers are not going to inherit the kingdom of God. And do not fool yourselves with what the world says. Because the word says, neither the sexually immoral, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor men who have sex with men, nor thieves, nor the greedy, nor drunkards, nor slanderers, nor swindlers will inherit the kingdom of God. So that's all of it. That's not just homosexuality, okay? That's the sexual immoral. That's drunks. That's greedy. That's thieves. That's um, slanderers, swindlers. Uh, all of these will not inherit the kingdom of God. They will not inherit the kingdom of God. And if you're a believer, if you sit in church on Sundays, or, or if you're in the ministries, and you say anything other than that right there, what Scripture says, then you are wrong and you need to repent from your sin because you are leading people down a path that they should not go. I've heard pastors, youth pastors, head pastors, worship leaders. I've heard Christians who just sit in church on Sunday. I've heard all of them say that homosexuality is not that bad and that we need to love on them. Well, I agree with half of that statement. We should love on these people, 100%. We should not treat these people any differently. 100% agree with that. Where I disagree is telling them that it's not wrong. Because that is wrong. And you will have to answer for that as a believer. See, correction is love. I love the human race enough to tell you what the word says so that you can be saved. See, and the most important thing, and it continues on into verse 11, and this is why I'm here saying what I'm saying. It says that, and that is what some of you were, all of these all of these wrongdoers, that was what some of you were, but you were washed, you were sanctified, you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the Spirit of our God. See, we were all wrongdoers. We are all born into a life of sin. We are all not worthy of salvation, but because we are washed and sanctified and justified by the blood of Jesus Christ, we've been made right by the Father. And I want everybody to experience being justified, sanctified, and washed by the blood of Jesus Christ. I love you enough to share this message with you because I don't want you to go down the wide path. I want you to go down the narrow path that leads to life eternal. See, what we're doing is we're giving in to our worldly natures and our worldly desires that's going to lead to death. The word says, for the wages of sin is death. The further we go into our sin, we are, we are going to be rewarded with death if we continue to go down that path. It's wrong. It is wrong. Pride Month, everything to do with Pride Month is wrong. And I'm not saying that to be offensive. I'm not saying that to be mean. I'm saying that because I want to see a lost and broken world redeemed by the Father. spoke on this months ago. I think this was one of my earlier episodes. John chapter 8. Everybody knows the story. It says, He without sin casts the first stone. 
and I've said it in a previous podcast, and we'll say it again. That's not even the most important part of the story. So the story goes: they were trying to catch Jesus in a trap. They bring this adulterous woman in front of him, and it was the um, spiritual religious leaders of the time, and they're wanting to stone her to death because that's what the Jewish law said. And Jesus said, "He without sin casts the first stone." They all disappear and all end up going. And then this is where this is the most important thing. And I want to encourage you guys: go read John chapter eight, read the full story, um, dive into the word. I think it's important to stay in scripture. But here's the most important thing: right after they all left. Jesus looked at the woman and he said, is there not anyone here to condemn you? And she looked around. She said, no, Lord, it's only you. And Jesus said, nor do I condemn you. Go and live a life without sin. And that's what the church has got to do right now. When you're talking about Roe v. Wade, when you're talking about Pride Month, when you're talking about all these sinful natures that we're seeing out there. We've got to look at these people with love and truth and say, I'm not here to condemn you. We're here to share the gospel. Go live a life without sin. So we have to change the message of love is love because that's a lie. God is love. You don't know what true love is until you experience that sanctification of the Father. God is love. And that's the message that we, the church, have got to have got to preach on and stand on and be firm on. Pride Month is so much more than just love is love. I've seen so much perversion, so much perversion. It's disgusting. Seeing guys walk around with sex toys strapped to them all over their bodies, walking out into public so everybody can see them. It's, it's, it's perversion and it's sick. We've sexualized everything. This isn't just about who loves who. This is about forcing their beliefs on everybody else and telling everyone else that they're wrong. This is not a fight about loving who they want to love. It's about taking over the religious beliefs that we've stood on for so long. And I'm telling you, as the church, as a body of believers, we cannot sit back and be quiet any longer. I don't care what they call me. I don't care if they dislike me. I don't care if they hate me. I've got to stand firm on the word of God. We as believers have got to stand firm on the word of God. And I'm telling you right now is, is the most important time as the church to stand up and fight. I truly believe that we have a revolution coming in this country. But without revival, it will be useless. So let's pick revival over revolution. I know a lot of people believe that the, the, it's time for the country to change, but I'm telling you, without revival, it is meaningless. So I want to encourage you guys, dig into the scripture, dig into the word, dig into prayer, dig into worship, and be bold in who God is. The word says that he goes before you and he stands behind you. If he is with you, then no weapon formed against you shall prosper. I'm telling you right now, live in the spirit of the living God. And watch what he can do with this country. So as Pride Month ends out this week, I want to encourage you guys, be proud to be children of the risen king. I love you guys. I appreciate you guys. As usual, find us on Facebook, Instagram, like us, share us, share us with your families. It's about furthering the kingdom, guys. I appreciate it. I love you guys. Have a great week, and we'll see you next week.